seventh grade. I'm like 13 years old, and we're in the lunchroom at Edison Middle School. And I'm sitting with some of my friends, some people that I didn't know very well, because Dave Campbell, as a seventh grader, got moved in the lunchroom a lot, okay? So very talkative kind of fella, easily influenced by everybody else. And so you're like, nothing's changed. I know, just let me tell the story. So we're eating our lunch. I can't remember what kind of lunch it was, but all of a sudden, the fire alarm goes off. And that got all of our attention like that. And our principal comes running into the lunchroom. Her name was Mrs. Fox, and she was incredible, Val Fox. She drove this, like, green buggy kind of a car. And so whenever we saw her, we knew her. And she comes in, and I'll never forget this for as long as I live. She puts both hands in the air, and she says, nobody move. I have some things that you need to know, and then we're going to move. And so she kind of talked about how we were going to exit the lunchroom that day and, and all of that. But it was important information for us to kind of know, hey, this is how this whole process is going to play out. And that fire alarm got all of our attention, like a fire truck would screaming down the street in your neighborhood would cause everybody to look and to pay attention. And I don't know what anybody has planned for Tuesday, but there's a thing that's happening in our world. There's a thing happening in our country. And what I want to be able to do today, I want to take a page out of Dr. B's handbook. And there's some things I think we need to know before we move. I think there's some words that we need to hear before Tuesday happens. And they're words that are a couple thousand years old, and they're from Jesus. And they're found in Matthew 5. We're going to put it up on the screen, but if you have a Bible, you can turn there. If you have a phone, you can flick there. You can't really turn in a phone, but you can flick. Here's the words that we find. Now when he saw the crowds, he being Jesus, he went up on a mountainside and he sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. 
For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. You've heard it said that to people long ago, do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin, but anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you're still with him on the way, or he may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. I tell you the truth, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. And you've heard it said, do not commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go to hell. It's been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness causes her to become an adulteress. And anyone who marries the divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath. But keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. Simply let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Anything else comes from the evil one. You have heard it said, 
An eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who asks you. And do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That you may be sons of your father in heaven. And he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your your giving may be done in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they've received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins... Your Father will not forgive your sins. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they receive the reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen." Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moss and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy 
and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet... Your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They don't labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows. He knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom. And his righteousness and all of these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Do not judge or you too will be judged for in the same way you judge others, you'll be judged, and with the measure you use, it'll be measured to you. And why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all of the time there's a plank in your own eye, you hypocrite? First take the plank out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to the pigs. If you do, they will trample under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others, what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate. 
For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will acknowledge them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. And when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. So what does scripture call us to after Tuesday? What does scripture call us to? If you were counting all of the words as I was reading and you got to 2,247 words, you're right. And you're a great counter. Like these words matter today. These words matter tomorrow. These words matter after Tuesday. These words have mattered from all of eternity past. And so the question that each of us will answer is, how will these words shape us? Because we've all heard them. Whether you're a little baby in this room today, or whether you are a senior adult in this room today, we've all heard these words. And what does scripture call us to, no matter what happens on Tuesday? I mean, ultimately, the question about what happens this week is not who's reelected or elected, but like, who's the king? That's really the thing. And the news stations don't want to talk about who the king is. 
news stations want to talk about who the president is. And the king has spoken. So it is my heart that we would let these 2,247 words shape us significantly, no matter what happens. If you're new to invitation, don't worry. Each week, I preach on three books of the Bible, so this is not out of the ordinary at all. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your word and for what it calls us to, what it removes from us, how it works in us to change what we do, what we think, and what we believe. God, I thank you for the gift of these words. I thank you for the work that is ahead of us because of these words. God, I pray that this would be a community that takes these words seriously. That doesn't just hear them, but a community that begins to put these things into practice because the truth today, the matter is that there's going to be storms, there's going to be wind that beats against our house. And the question for us isn't going to be like, have we heard from you? But the question is going to be, will we put into practice what we have heard from you? And I pray if there's one thing that would be true of us, it would be that. So God, would you help us in these days to be the people who have their eyes not on an address in the earth, but on a king whose rule will never end. A king who loved the world so much that he stepped down into human history with the most humble of beginnings. being born in a time of history that was scary, that was uncertain, that was bleak, that was dark, that was difficult. And it was in that moment that there is a a star in the heavens that guided a, a pretty unlikely group of people to some random address. where this baby had been born. This baby lying in the manger. This baby who is in himself hope. This baby who is in himself love. This baby who is in himself life. This baby who is in himself grace. This baby who is in himself forgiveness. This baby whose whose hands would be wounded so that all of humanity might be known, so that all of humanity might belong, so that all of humanity might rise with him. God, that you would enable us to have our eyes fixed on that person in these days. We love you, we praise you, and in the name of Jesus we pray.
Amen. Um, Bill's going to put a, a prayer uh, written by my friend Jonathan Merritt uh, from New York City uh, on the screen. Love to have you read that. And then if you would stand, we're going to sing a couple more songs this morning.